Welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, Magic and Alchemy is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kate Ballou, and my co-host, Kristen Lissenby. Hello, and welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kate Ballou. And I'm Kristen Lizenby. Kristen, I am so excited for our conversation today and to share it with all of our listeners. Hi, listeners. Um, Wild Medicine is out in the world. Yes, finally. I'm screaming it from the rooftop, listeners, because two of my favorite people have written a book, uh, and the pre-order for this book just showed up on my Kindle yesterday. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to spending some time with Wild Medicine, this spell, over the next season. Thank you so much. And as a fellow dirt witch, talking in plants with you and with Shelby, our guest for today is just one of my most favorite pastimes. So I have to ask Kristen, what plants have you been working with lately? Quite a few, actually. Uh, Right now, it feels like it's whatever plant is giving me seeds right Mm -hmm. now is my best friend, um, which is a lot. As we record this conversation today, we are still mid-September, so I have bushels of basil seeds drying. I have trays of flowers drying, zinnias, dahlias, and what feels like a literal mountain of marigolds Mm -hmm. um, and calendula. But from a cottage witch um, food growing spooky season perspective I right now have my eyes on the pumpkins and gourds Mm. Um, you know the few remaining plants still alive and well creeping around my crispy garden and last year on the Little Witch Books blog, Moon and Vine, I wrote about these plant allies explaining that according to folklore, these vessel-like fruits and roots can be hollowed out to store light, wisdom, and a bit of magic. In some fairy tales, the pumpkin speaks to abundance and good health, but it's also a catalyst for transformation, both in the metaphorical and literal sense. Pumpkins are associated with Samhain and jack-o'-lanterns, of course, but also the moon, resilience, protection, the element of water, our spell-brewing cauldron and creative endeavors, uh, also harvest time feasts, of course, so you know, pies, breads, treats, you name it. Mm. And in tarot, um, the suit of pentacles is associated with pumpkins. And although pumpkins are aligned with water, pentacles also speaks to the earth. So as we get closer to the third harvest, um, I think I'm just going to keep following the pumpkin vines Mm -hmm. and see where they lead. Um, But what about, yeah, what about you in the city? Any plants that you're feeling especially close to right now? Well, this time of year, the Datura plants are all blooming at night, and I can see a few from my window, which are always, like, 
such liminal friends for the season, I mm-hmm. feel like. Um, but my herbal ally for the final year of my apprenticeship, which we talk about more in this episode, has been pine, um, and especially white pine. So white pine and I have had a really special bond this year. Um, I even wrote and sang a song as a part of my final apprenticeship. So shout out to the missing witches for that encouragement on using song as a tool of witchcraft. I just really, really appreciated it. Um, and, and then, you know, always thinking about my two previous year's allies to, uh, cedar and oak. So this kind of passage of my life has had a lot of messages from the trees. Um, and I even, I started a little blog on my website called Voicing the Natural, where I write different kinds of like plant meditations and musings and poems about listening to the voices of different trees and witching herbs that I work with. So that's been a really fun new writing project for me, uh, especially just in light of wild medicine coming out into the world. Yeah, listeners, I just have to say, if you haven't checked out Kate's blog, uh, Voicing the Natural, you definitely should. Mm -hmm. Um, The musings are so beautiful, and I just love hearing what the plants have to say from your perspective. Thank you. And I also feel like this is a beautiful plant segue um, into our conversation today. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit of a preview about today's conversation? Yes, Today, we're going to be talking about Wild Medicine, Tamed Wild's Illustrated Guide to the Magic of Herbs, a new book co-authored by Shelby Bundy and Kate Blue. Inspired by Tame Wild's best-selling herb decks, Wild Medicine is a guide. It covers more than 60 magical herbs and offers information about each plant's historical, medicinal uses and lore. A potion, ritual, or recipe idea is included for each herb, as well as practical tips for harnessing the plant's wild, earth-given medicine. Watercolor illustrations introduce each herb, offering an artist's look at the identifying characteristics for anyone interested in the healing and magical properties of plants. Shelby Bundy joined us from her home via Zoom. Hello and welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kate Ballou. And I'm Kristen Lizenby. And today we have Shelby Bundy here with us. Welcome back to the podcast, Shelby. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, it's so, so good nice to, to see you. You too. I miss your faces. <laughs> no, I can't wait for Samhain. I know. It's oh, gonna- you guys are both going to be at the retreat this year, right? Yes. Yeah. And I just got the, um, every year they put out like a peak leaf season, uh, calendar and it's that weekend for our area. It's like the peak weekend here. So stop. Yeah. I'm excited. Leaf peepers. Yep. Leafers. (laughs) I love it. And I know when this episode airs, it will be early October, but right now, a uh, full disclosure listeners, it's mid-September. Um, so Shelby, Kate, how are you feeling post new moon in Virgo, but pre-autumn equinox? Mm. I'm actually, I'm feeling more motivated and organized now, especially coming off of Venus retrograde. Like that was so terrible for me personally that I'm feeling like a hundred percent better, you know, just like I finally got, 
everything I needed organized. I like have plans before where everything felt like a soup pot, just like floating around. And now I feel like, okay, I, I'm back, you know? Yeah, I feel really similarly in Shelby. We've kind of talked about this um, offline, but just like a kind of a new lease on creativity and like coming back to the self and personally, like feeling more organized and motivated. And yeah, last week I sent down, sat down and I was like, okay, like, what are my lists? What am I doing this fall? Um, and it didn't feel like I was doing it up against a wall. It kind of felt very like easeful, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely um, felt completely like uncreative for a while there. I was just like, what is happening to me? And then I was like, oh yeah, it's not me. It's the planets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stars. Yeah. <laughs> and the seasons. Like I feel like with fall, it's sort of like that, like breaking moment like in in the good way like after the summer the heat breaks like the air kind of cools off and it's like easier to like feel more grounded I think mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like a change is coming you know and it's mm -hmm. just like I think at the end of every season you're just kind of ready for a change you know so that signals like okay we're gonna do something different <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to you both today about wild medicine, um, both your and Kate's new book, Shelby, that came out yesterday. So just want to start off by saying congratulations to you both. It is so, so beautiful. Uh, but oh, before we you. dive into those pages, yes, I would love if you both could just talk a little bit about your relationship to plants and how they show up in your craft. Kate, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, I think that my process of working with plants, also thank you so much. I'm like so excited about this. Um, but my process of working with plants has been a lot about remembering, I think, in my own craft. Like a lot of the things that brought me joy as a younger person, as a child, like the my actual roots for myself kind of it, plants kind of call back and bring me back to that joy and that nostalgia and and therefore then like bring me more into myself and living more authentically and so I think that you know especially in the last 10 years kind of on my herbalism journey it's been a lot about that and I mean you know getting becoming more healthy, um, taking care of myself, having agency and sovereignty over, over myself and my health. Um, plants have been wonderful allies and teachers and friends about that. And then also just like as connectors, like I feel like the mycelial network of the herbs have, you know, brought us three all together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, just a lot of gratitude for the plants for that. I love that. What about you, Shelby? For me, I feel like, I feel like lately, and when I say lately, I mean like the last couple of years of my plant journey, um, it's been more about daily ritual and like keeping, tending to them. You know, mm -hmm. I, um, I, I have like so many of them in my atrium. I just, you know, house plants, herbs, just little things growing everywhere. And it's just, it's part of just my, 
daily to like walk around and like look at their leaves and take off the yellow ones and, you know, and, and tend to them a little bit. And it's just, it's really made me be more in the moment because I feel like for me personally, I'm always like running from one thing to the next and I'm just very like flighty by nature. And so it's like in those moments, I'm just looking at every single one of them, like saying hello and, you know, making sure they have enough water and moving them around. And, um, it's more of the ritual part of it now. It's just, it, it just, it's calming, you know, it just brings me back to the present. Mm. I feel like plants are such beautiful teachers of presence. Mm-hmm. Well, and also to pay attention, you know, like in a small way, like I, I, I bought one at a, a estate sale the other day, this woman had passed away and across the street and her mm-hmm. house was open. And so I went in there with the estate sale and there was just this one little plant dying in the corner. And actually it's not little, it's a tall climbing pothos. So it's, it's big, but I was like, you're coming home with me. I've got lots of friends, you know, <laughs> <For you. laughs> and it's just like watching it come back to life, you know, and, and just feeling this connection with it. Like, your your person passed away and now you were just alone in this house and nobody was talking near you or to you or, you know, and so I, I find now that I have this more of like a companionship with them, you know, that I didn't have in the beginning. Yeah. And it feels mm-hmm. good. Like you were saying, Kate, it's like these reminders or this focus on being present because I do really think you, you have to slow down a bit to work with plants. Like we move so much faster than we do. And it's really, at least for me, only when I slow down and when I'm quiet and when I sit still that I actually feel like I can hear the plants and sort of divine whatever messages they're trying to share with me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. I'm like looking at my little not little favorite staghorn fern like on the other side of the computer i'm like hi i love you (laughs) thanks for being here (laughs) (laughs) that's really it too you know is like it makes you pay attention you know like Mm -hmm. noticing i have one oh my gosh i have i have two money plants that sit and this is not herbal related. These are just, I just took it off onto like plants in general, but Mm -hmm. um, they sit in the window of my atrium. And if I like look at them wrong, they lose their leaves. Like they're they're, they're so like (laughs) temperamental, you know? And so I feel like I'm always looking at them or walking over and I'm like, I really want to clean the the counter that you're sitting on, but I'm afraid to touch you because you're going to be so angry and you're just going to like poof off all your leaves within like an hour and sure as all hell I say sure sure I go over and I like move it to clean up something and then the next day it's like naked you know it's just like dropped all its leaves and so it's like you kind of start to cultivate this like a literally a relationship with them you know where you're like okay what didn't you like about that or what did I do and it just it's kind of like a way of inner reflection too mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like witchcraft and magic is just so much about paying attention and and that stillness, Kristen, like you're talking about and like building reciprocity and relationship with um, just other beings or mm-hmm. energies. Mm-hmm. And Shelby, are there any specific plants or herbs or trees even um, that you're working with right now or that really are standing out to you? In September, um, come October. Yeah, right now I'm relying heavily on Skullcap because I just, mm. I don't sleep very well at all. I think I'm just nocturnal. It's not mm. a phase. It's like my life. But um, <laughs> Skullcap helps me with that. And so I've been working a lot with that. Um, my property is surrounded by hemlocks, which is kind of cool. So I see them and say, hey. 
But yeah, I think definitely like Skullcap and the Valerian also. I've been putting into teas and tinctures to kind of help me get through the night. I'm growing Valerian for the first time this year. And so I'm learning about that one. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it from a personal standpoint, but I know Skullcap is something that you and I both have loved. I know you made a sleepy time tea Mm -hmm. a long time ago. I still make that same blend for myself when I can get my hands on Skullcap. Um, Because yeah, as as someone like you who doesn't sleep very well, it will definitely put you to bed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really does. It's, It's actually one of the more effective herbs that I've ever used for sleep aid. California poppy is my girl for that one. Mm, Love. That's a good one too. <laughs> oh, I should try that. I actually haven't tried poppy as a sleep. Yeah. It really, really helps me. Skullcap, it, not that I had like an adverse reaction to it, but it almost like made my, made me more like hyperactive in like a weird way. Mm. So I was like, maybe mm. this is not for this for me. Which is also just so interesting. I know like people can have mixed sort of reactions to Valerian too. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's always so cool to hear which plants work for different people. Do you know that I read that um, the scent of Valerian, you know, it's a lot of people don't like it, but mm-hmm. it's only like there's like a certain percent of the population. They've done like studies on it, apparently. And some people say that doesn't smell like anything to them. And it's yeah. just like the type of scent wow. that it puts off. It's not. Yeah, it's interesting. Reminds me of like cilantro too. It's genetic. Mm. Oh, I like, didn't know taste, that. It tastes like soap to some people. Oh, I've heard that too. So strange. <laughs> I did not know that. So, can we talk a little bit about Wild Medicine, the book? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So I know I gave the official introduction um, at the start of this episode, but I would love if you both could speak about it as well. Um, Who is this book for? How did it come about? So, okay. So the Wild Medicine deck is the deck that I wrote back in, gosh, I want to say even 2016 or 17. Um, It was the first Tame Wild deck and it's 31 herbs. I think it's 31. Um, and their uses, their medicinal uses, their traditional medicinal uses, and uh, the folklore surrounding it and things like that. And so I had written that deck, and it was the first Tame Wild deck. And it had, um, I wrote it out of necessity because I was at, in the process of learning about herbs. And I was taking classes with the Herbal Academy. And I study with really well with flashcards. Like, that's just how I retain information, and I'm constantly making my own. And so I was looking for a deck like that, and I couldn't find one. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll write one. And so um, I did. And then it just, you know, it's been Tame Wild's, like, cornerstone product ever since. It's kind of what put us on the map. And then it's just really, to this day, one of our best sellers. And so... um we needed a second deck to people were asking, you know, okay, what about a version two? What about 30 more herbs? And so that's where Kate came in and wrote the second version of the wild medicine deck, which is actually in production right now and should be out this Yay. fall. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Okay, it's such a long process. <laughs> I know. Um, and so that'll be out also. And so the book, um, we were approached by the publisher and they had read the deck and they had said that they wanted to make it into a book, but asked if we could elaborate. And the, the original deck didn't have spells or rituals. It was more description, um, 
lore, that kind of thing. Uh, so Kate and I put our heads together and then took the 30 original herbs and then her 30, it's like 31 and 31 or whatever, and um, mm-hmm. combined them. And we just added on and added into uh, the content that was already there. And mm-hmm. so added, I think it now has, yeah, it has rituals and spells and recipes. So, Yeah. They, and they were just so much fun to write as the addition to like the spells and rituals were some of like the most fun just mm-hmm. to me. And so I'm excited that those will kind of exist only in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that's the big thing, too, is that there's a differentiator. You know, the deck is mm-hmm. still it's in its simplest form. It's a learning tool. Um, yeah. So people actually use the deck for wildcrafting. Also, the art is done by Zarina Karapetian. And I'm so sorry if I butchered that last name. Um, but she's an amazing artist and she's done all the art for all of our decks. And so it's, it's watercolor. Um, but it's a detailed watercolor where you can still see the structure of the plant. And then on the back side of the card, it talks about what the plant looks like. So you pair the two together and, Personally, for me, it was started as an educational tool, but I've learned as we've sold it that people are using it for divination, for getting plant messages, um, and lots of different different modalities with it. I think it's nice for somebody, too, who really wants to connect with plants, but maybe live somewhere where they're scarce or they just don't have the ability to go out into nature and forage and wildcraft. Um, so I think those cards are a great tool for that as well, just to feel closer mm-hmm. to plants. But Shelby, it was such a magical moment when you told me about the book, the Wild Medicine book, because I very clearly remember when it was just a deck. Um, And even before then, Wild Medicine was your very first subscription box, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was it was a beautiful box, um, just full of plant medicine. And so when I look at this, you know, when I look at the box and the deck and now the book, um, you know, what has that journey been like for you? Like, did you ever think you were going to be an author one day? Um, no. And actually, I, I guess no. <laughs> um, yeah. The, so the very first subscription box that Tame Wild ever did was the Wild Medicine box. And it was an apothecary box at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't at that time put like crystals, things like that. And it was more of, um, I think the first box had like the herbal steam and then like a tincture. I, we were actually putting tinctures in boxes back then. So um, we were giving them more consumables. But um yeah, it was basically just when I started, when I was in the, the process of learning about all the herbs, so I was making these products, but we named it Wild Medicine, and then the deck came Wild Medicine, and then it's just kind of been this term that's like followed us around, you know, and it's really at the heart of what Tame Wild is. It's it's kind of our, I would, not a motto, but like our slogan, because, you know, all of it's Wild Medicine. Crystals are Wild Medicine. Witchcraft is Wild Medicine, you know. Um, but yeah, I know, to your question, I had always loved writing and I always thought that I would one day write some sort of book, you know, but to ever be published in this way was not something, you know, I had ever really envisioned. So I I think I was telling you, Kristen, that I, I didn't really realize until the book came in our copy, you know, that I, the physical copy, it was like, oh my God, like it, I knew what we were doing as we were in the process, you know, and I, I knew that we were getting published, but when the physical book came in, it was like, I was like crying when I opened it. I was like, oh my God, like I, we have a book, you know, it's like you, I didn't give it like the attention it deserved in myself as I was in the process. You know, I just was like, okay, this will be 
I was so busy. I was like, this will be another thing. And we're just good. I'm writing that. And then I'm writing this and we're writing decks. And, but it was just such a different medium. And for, I didn't, I didn't fully grasp it until I actually had the book in my hands. I felt pretty similarly. It was, I, it, I don't even know, have the words for it. Like to hold something like that and your name's on the cover, mm-hmm. like just, yeah, it's, it, it's magical. Well, and to note, like I collect old books, like I, that's like my thing. I'm always looking for it antique stores. And, you know, I have a Bible that's 400 years old that I bought once. And I, you know, so I'm holding this thing thinking like, this could survive. This could be something that somebody has, you know, cause I've got them all over my house. So this could be something that somebody's holding a hundred years from now, 200 years from now, books can survive, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, so that magnitude of it was just kind of a connection for me. Like, oh, wow, now I'm putting out into the world something that I love to fi- to find and collect myself, you know. Yeah, and I think it's just cool. I think about this a lot as a writer of just creating something that's going to live, you know, far beyond our physical bodies. And that, to me, just feels so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think this book is such like a beautiful example of sacred collaboration between the two of you. Um, Kate, I feel like just like Shelby, you've been working toward this book for years as well, um, perhaps unknowingly. Uh, but you just recently finished up your three-year herbalism apprenticeship with Robin Rose Bennett. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and I, yeah. And I'm curious what element of that apprenticeship or what wisdom from that apprenticeship uh, you were carrying with you when working on this book. Yeah, that's a great question. And I mean, I, I just have to say like so much gratitude and thank you to Robin Rose Bennett um, for those three years, for all of the work that she's put out into the world. Um, that was probably one of the first herbal books I read after I saw her and Pam Grossman talk about green witchcraft here um, in New York City in 2016. And I just remember sitting in that audience and being like, I'm going to study with her. Like... (laughs) After she like passed out all of these mugwort branches to us and I like went home, put it under my bed and I had this dream that night that I was smashing up the sidewalks of New York City and mugwort was growing through. (laughs) And I was like, I have to be an herbalist now. But then, you know, that's 2016, how much time passes in that until like... And all these just, I don't know, it's hard to talk about, but I feel a lot of gratitude for that apprenticeship And I think, too, just like the act of going to Robin's house once a month, like for three years and actually being with the plants um, was just such a great gift because, I mean, there's definitely so many plants and herbs here in New York City. You know, I can look out my window and see Datura and an oak tree and ivy and a mugwort plant that I keep um, in my backyard. But to actually like be out and watch the cycles of a garden and, and to tend to that as an apprentice, I think, is definitely something that I tried to bring into this into this book and into this collaboration. Yeah, it's beautiful. Your your contribution. I loved reading about all of the herbs that you wrote about and your knowledge is so in-depth. Thank you. It was so much fun to work with you, Shelby. Like, I'm just going to, like, have to cry a little bit. But, like, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, coming to write for Tamed Wild now, almost exactly three years ago, just, like, yeah. all... You know, the timing of that with the apprenticeship, like all I've learned from from you and from Kristen and just, yeah, just have to like 
have this weepy moment on the podcast here because I just love you both so much. But oh, oh my gosh, no, I am so too. grateful for you guys. <laughs> Just bringing your energy, you know, and, and your words and your wisdom to Tame Wild. I mean, it's such an integral part of the brand now, you know, and so it's just, it's great to have something that we can all collaborate on and bring our individual perspectives to. But yeah. it's funny you say about our three year because total side note, Kate and I realized that our relationship is a Virgo the other night. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> I know I like managed to search in my inbox to find our first ever email. And it was like, we had like a set call time. And so we like ran the birth chart really? of the call because we were like, okay, oh the gosh. first time we talked that, that would be it. But, <laughs> yeah. and it was through the decks that I met both of you really too, because I reached mm-hmm. out about, um, writing for a company that I used to be at. And so that's how Kristen and I got connected because Shelby, you were like, no, I can't do any writing right now. I'm too busy, which is so funny that now we're writing, we wrote this book together. (laughs) That actually is, that's so funny. I totally remember that, but I hadn't even thought of that contrast. I was like, no, I can't, but Kristen can maybe. (laughs) But yeah, that is so funny. It's, It's just really cool to like see our names on the cover and like, I'm just so, I feel so lucky that my name's next to yours. You know, I just think that that couldn't have asked for a better collaboration. Yeah. And I feel like the plants, like just to pull them in here, are just like such good guides to collaboration Mm -hmm. too. Like they, how they grow with each other and how they have their own cycles. And um, yeah, I think that plants are just such great teachers of that. So it's no surprise that this book is a, is a coven effort, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I imagine that the plants were speaking to you guys a lot as you were doing this. So were there any like surprising messages that came through? Um, anything worth sharing that you're still thinking about? Mm, it's not so much, um, I guess in the process a little bit. So I have like, I've been feeling a really strong connection with Rose lately. And I, I've always loved Rose. And I, it's funny because I know some people just have like, uh, I think it's a, such a, like a basic, and I hate to say a basic plant, mm-hmm. but it's just like the obvious one, you know? And so, but in my office, I look out my window and I have this pergola in the front yard and there's rose bushes growing on them. And so it's the one that I see every day. And it's the one that when I was doing working and even now, you know, but especially when I was on the computer on this book, I, it would make me go outside, you know, it would like remind me, like, come out and look at me and come out and see me because I'm sitting in this office, you know, and, so I started to kind of have this like little relationship where I would go out there and be like, Hey, thanks for pulling me out of my chair and making me get outside and out away from the desk, you know? Um, and then the rose bush died recently. <laughs> and oh, so no. I know. And so I don't, and it's been here forever. And, um, I posted about my stories. I was like, is this dead? Because it, I couldn't tell, like, you know, sometimes they just, they obviously they go dormant and I mm-hmm. couldn't tell, but this one died. And, um, I was like genuinely sad, you know, I was like, Hey, you were my friend and you helped me get through like this whole time of writing this book and like being here. And so now I've just kind of figured it served its purpose and it's moved on and I'm going to plant another one in its stead. But when the spring rolls around, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like this transformation process working with this one specific rose bush in my, in my yard. And I put roses in every single tea I make, regardless of what it is. I always say roses for love. And I sprinkle like even like three or four petals in it. Um, it's just kind of been the thing I've done with the kids when I used to make them tea when they were smaller and I would make their cup and I'd be like, okay, roses, cause I love you. And so now it's just like this, this thing that I do every time I make tea. And so, yeah. I love that. Oh, and I love that you're planting a new one too. 
I know. Thank you. I was just like, we've been here for so long. I mean, there's, it's a huge climbing rose too. And it like goes up and through the pergola, it's like woven into the chandelier and that front wrought iron thing. And I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get all of you out, but yeah, I'm gonna have to have a funeral for it and bury it. <laughs> yeah. Felt like it was my friend. <laughs> mm. I feel like we talked with Ro- Rose um, with Mara June mm-hmm. of Motherwort and Rose earlier this year and just talked about like how Rose is kind of this beautiful like alchemizer of like grief and of process. And so it's so interesting to think of Rose itself alchemizing itself and dying and becoming something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually exactly it. I also just love how one of the most desirable flowers out there, traditionally desirable flowers, I should say, also just has these vicious thorns on it. And I think that's really what draws me to Rose. Um, I mean, I'm drawn to it for many reasons, but I think it's the thorns I love um, and just the stories that are associated with Rose as well. The folklore and all the myth, Mm. Aphrodite. Kristen and I taught a uh, class in the crossroads about Aphrodite and Rose and the mythology woven together there. And it's, it's really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I agree with you with the thorns. It's almost like, like the contradiction of like this beautiful thing that's so delicate and yet it also armors itself, you know, and it protects itself. And yet we pick it anyway. Hello, Magic and Alchemy listeners, Kate here. Are you looking to deepen your practice and connect more fully with the seasons? The Coven at Tamed Wild has created a quarterly box to act as a lantern through the wheel of the year. Full of magical items curated by the Tamed Wild team, the quarterly box is filled with ritual inspiration and magical explorations and musings. Deliveries can include crystals, herbs, teas, ritual tools, altar items, jewelry, essential oils, and other lifestyle pieces. Each box includes a seasonal workbook with three rituals, intention-setting guidance, astrological updates, and other helpful tools to help you celebrate the magic of the season. For more information, visit tamedwild.com. I can't wait to see what magic you create in the world Okay, now back to the show. So earlier we talked a little bit about how this book is set up, but can you tell us a little bit more about the structure of it and then maybe also what sets it apart from all the other herb books that are out there on the market today? Mm, That's a good question, Kristen. Um, So In the beginning of the book, you'll find letters from both Shelby and I that kind of like talk about our own plant journey, our backgrounds, honors like sort of our teachers and the experiences and sets kind of the intention for where we're both coming from as collaborators. And then the book moves into sort of some, you know, herbalism 101 basics, like working with oils and tinctures and decoctions and kind of, you know, gives folks reading it sort of a very like basic um simplified tools to kind of like enter the green witch path or or wild medicine path um and then from there the herbs 
um, sort of open with their beautifully illustrated picture, like Shelby was talking about, um, that watercolor. And then you'll find, um, t- correct me if I'm wrong, Shelby, I'm not looking at the book, but, um, we've got sort of, uh, the the traditional medicinal uses of the herbs, mm-hmm. um, then the parts parts used or parts worked with, uh, folklore and magic, and then a simple ritual for each for each herb. And so in this sort of like grimoire like style, we kind of like offer a portal into each plant. And I think that this is like in no way meant to be like all encompassing of an herb, but more like offers some different sorts of like threads or, or history or mm-hmm. sort of ways in for meeting with or working with a plant and kind of like introducing yourself to the plant and letting the plant introduce themselves to you. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right to you, Shelby? Yeah, no, that's, <clears throat> excuse me. That's beautiful. I think that while you were um, articulating that I was thinking about the book and how it's presented. And I think that what I love the most about it is that it applies to anybody who has any type of interest in herbs. If you're looking for a way to make a great tincture for, you know, this traditional medicinal use, you can use the book. If you are looking for a bath ritual, those are in there as well. If you're looking for a uh, abundance spell, those are in there. So anybody who is coming to herbs at any any from any place in their life, if they're looking to learn how to use it in their home apothecary for medicinal uses, or if they're looking to apply it to their witchcraft practice, um, or just to learn, you know, there's all of that is in there. And it's, and so that's, I think what's the greatest thing about it is that it, it really blankets kind of all the uses for a particular herb, but again, not encompassing all of them, but touching on a ritual or spell, medicinal, um, and historical or mytholo- mythological. And it's so wild, <laughs> wild medicine. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It's so wild that, um, <laughs> that just like how many herbs have so many different lineages and are worked with in so many different ways all across the planet. And it's so interesting to kind of like, you know, dive into like one just small aspect of that. And like, it's like you can enter in Europe with a plant and then come out, you know, here in present day. And I just think it's so fascinating to kind of follow all of those threads. Um, Mm -hmm. And just to think about how old these plant friends are and how long, you know, humans, as long as humans have existed, we've had relationships with them, which I just think is so beautiful. Right. Yeah. And it was so great to like learn from the women in my family that have used herbs, you know, and to hear the stories that you learned from people in your family and just to kind of compile these, these stories that have just been passed down, you know, and, um, while also learning new ones, um, that was a fun part for me. It's like, Oh, what do you use this for? And again, like you said, there's so many different uses. I mean, each herb could have its own book if we were going to dive into all of it. So being able to see which you're, what we're called to share and which one we were taught or, you know, that was really interesting too. Yeah. I hope that it like serves as like, you know, of just another kind of thread in the witch wide web and that we Mm -hmm. can keep continuing to have these conversations and keep learning more things. Like if, you know, someone knows something different about burdock, like I want to hear the fun facts, you Mm -hmm. know, like the fact that Velcro was modeled after it, like, let's talk about it. Like those are the kind of conversations I want to have, you know? And so I hope that that book bridges, bridges plant people together. Yeah, 
Well, and I like what you're saying, how this book offers like a bunch of different threads, um, because there are so many different directions you can go when talking about plants. And as plant lovers, I'm sure it was so difficult for you to only dedicate, you know, a couple pages or so to each plant. Cause like you were saying, you could have, you know, an entire book dedicated to one herb and even then not tell all the stories that the plant has to share. Mm -hmm. And I truly feel too, like, we will all be like students of the plants forever and like continuing to learn. And so something that was really fascinating to me is like looking at and holding the book and being like, wow, this is like, you know, so of a moment. And there's things now too, that I see even differently or like can remember from my own practice by reading it again, which is just really kind of a cool thing of having like an artifact like that. It's like, I don't know, just a, a stone on the on the path. It's mm -hmm. like beautiful. Yeah, I definitely had that same experience because again, I wrote the first 31 herbs in 2017. So reflecting back and on the content and going, okay, you know, this can be updated or I've learned this since then. And, um, you know, and it, it is such an important thing when you're writing a book like this to share and make sure that we're not, or I, for me personally, I speak for myself, that I'm not coming from a place of like, this is what it is and or the authority, you know, it's like, this is what I've learned and this is what I see with this plant and my experiences. And that's what I want to share, you know, and um, so it was, it was really great to have the opportunity to go back and edit the text that I had and present it in the right way, you know. And Kristen, earlier you like talked a little bit about the plants like sharing messages. And I feel like that was like played a role, at least in this part. I don't know if it was like that for you, Shelby, but when writing it, they're like, no, s s share this part, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> and that that's, yeah. Yeah. Like the parts that jumped out, you know, like, again, there's a thousand stories you could tell about Rose, but the one we chose would be, you know, it's just like, that's the one that's presented or yeah, definitely. They do talk to us. Mm-hmm. So earlier, Kate, you talked about the catalytic moment when you knew you were going to be an herbalist. Um, Shelby, was there a moment when you realized that you wanted to work with plants as well? Yeah, so my journey into plants kind of happened by accident. Um, it was 2016, and my daughter at the time was eight, and she was in third grade. Um, and this is actually in the beginning of the book, this little part of the story. Um, and so she had, we had been told by her teachers at school that, that she, they thought she had attention problems and she wasn't, that she could possibly be ADD. And, um, when I had asked, well, what is she, what's her, what's she doing? You know, they said, well, she's just looking out the window a lot and she's like doodling and she's not paying attention. And I was like, well, she sounds bored, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, I said, okay. And, and they said, we think that, you know, she's, she has, she's ADD. What do you, what's it like at home? And at home, we just weren't seeing anything that Jason and I felt was up that alley. And so, um, we kind of, we kind of let it go. And then, um, later in the year, another teacher said something. And then the principal was like, Hey, we need, you know, she's, she's not doing well. She needs, we need to address this. So I wasn't thrilled about the idea of medicating her at eight years old for just and, and being, in my opinion, being bored at school, you know, and so, but I agreed she needed to learn to focus and she needed to be able to um, complete her work and pay attention when the teacher was talking and that. So 
I started diving into herbs. I was like, there has to be another way, <clears throat> excuse me, than putting my eight-year-old on a, a medication. And so mm-hmm. um, that was when I enrolled in the Herbal Academy and I just started learning all I could with the intent being focus. Um, she wasn't hyper, so it wasn't really calming, but I thought, well, maybe she could sleep better. So I was falling into that those types of herbs. But um, so we started, Sailor and I started blending uh, a tea. We called it the homework tea. And I would make it right before we had to sit down and do her homework. And so it was kind of our little ritual that we'd have this tea. And then I made her an essential oil roll-on that she carried in her backpack. And, you know, I told her in the morning, like, put it on your wrist before you go into class and at lunch and just kind of freshen it up. And it had a blend that was just also focus-oriented and kind of like um, refreshing, waking her up a little bit. And so it did start to help, but the teachers were still like, she's, you need to take her in and get her medicated. And they, they were really pushy, actually. Looking back, you know, Jason and I are like, that was really, you know, kind of a um, pushy time when they were telling us to go do that. And they were giving us papers to take to the doctor. And um, so we ended up finding out that she was born deaf in her left ear. And so all of this was the same symptoms as somebody apparently who has ADD. The audiologist and the doctor that we worked with had told us, he's like, I'm constantly getting kids in here who are referred for ADD because the symptoms are the same. She can't hear the teacher. So she's looking out the window and she's, you know, she just, if she can't hear what's going on or there's an overload, all the kids are talking at one time and she can't focus. And he's like, so the symptoms are very similar um, for the two. And so, I felt really validated because had I put her on medication, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done anything anyway. You know, she just couldn't hear. And so we ended up sticking with the herbs and putting her in the front of the classroom and like moving her around so that she had other accommodations so that she could uh, focus and it worked. But that was kind of just my entry point. You know, it was just looking for a solution like out of necessity. And then as I started doing that, I was like, okay, get rid of Neosporin. I'm making a salve, you know, like <laughs> get rid of Vicks. I'm making an herbal steam. Like I just started throwing mm-hmm. away all the pharmaceutical products and started replacing the ones I could with um, herbal-based ones. And yeah, it's just it was a rabbit hole from there. When did the apothecary come into being? That was 2000. So 2016, November was our very first box, our, our wild medicine box was the very first mm-hmm. one that we sent out. So does that sound right, Kristen? It's, I think so. November, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we opened the store. I think it was like a few months later. I think it was, was it, it was, it was raining. So in California, yeah. which we could probably mm-hmm. find that date on a map <laughs> <laughs> or on a calendar. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like six months later that um, we had the store and it was all downhill. And then, you know, the rest you, is history. Yeah. Like once you fall into the magical or the medicinal parts of it, where I'm learning, you know, and I'm doing research on these traditional uses and I'm asking everybody in my family, what is they, what, what's my grandma used before and getting all the tricks, you know, then you start immediately seeing the magical uses and the ritual uses. And so I'm like, well, can't hurt to make this tea on a full moon if I'm going to make it anyway, you know, <laughs> <laughs> may as well spin around three times while I'm doing it. <laughs> can't hurt. <laughs> May as well add three rose petals for love and luck. Right, yep, yep. <laughs> I love that. It is kind of it is kind of amazing, just like the domino effect of that, right? Like once you kind of start down that, like the rabbit hole, the mm-hmm. plants just kind of pull you in fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're the famous witch in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> right. There's, yeah, there's no going back. Yeah, and then you're talking to a tree. I mean, it's, 
That's how it all begins. Yeah, you're apologizing for moving your plant out of the window to clean it. <laughs> like, Cody, we have to say goodnight to the moonflowers. Let's go. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so I know we're getting short on time here, but before we go, Shelby, you have a new podcast out in the world. Listeners, be sure to check out The Moon in Carolina if you haven't already. But in your first two episodes, you introduce yourself and your personal story bankruptcy, starting over, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So what inspired you to start this podcasting journey and how's it going so far? Yeah, so I I thought about doing it um, earlier this year. I think we were talking about it when we were in Salem too. Remember, I was mm-hmm. like, guys, what do you think? Um, I, I got inspired by messages that I had received after I did a blog post. I took a certification course um, over six months to become a Jungian life coach. And part of that, obviously, is shadow work. And so I was learning a lot about myself. And um, I just, I, one day I just had this idea to do a blog post about this time in my life when I um, had pretty much financially ruined myself. And Jason and I were on the verge of bankruptcy and we were uh, parents to two small kids. And so I, it's something in my life that I always was just really ashamed of. And I felt embarrassed about, you know, and I just, I was kind of grappling with this, this feeling of like, okay, um, it's okay that that happened. This is why you're here. And this is part of the process. And I also have this like extreme fear of showing up. And so as part of like meeting myself, I was like, I'm going to write a blog post about this and I'm just going to put it out there. And so when I did that, I've got so many messages. I received so many messages from people who were just like, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm in this exact same place and I feel the same way. And, you know, I feel hopeless financially and I don't know how I'm ever going to get out. And this gave me hope. And so, and to this day, I still get a few a week from new people who just discovered that blog post, you know, and this, this post was written I don't even remember, I think back in March. Um, so after that, I kind of started thinking like, this. Could, I would like to share um, in a podcast kind of that story and how I got out because the big part of the big part of it all, the change that I made in my life was all manifesting, you know, and being able to like believe and speak things into existence. And so, so anyway, so I sat on it for a long time. I, I wrote the script and then I recorded it and then I listened to it 4,000 times and I picked myself apart. I was like, I need to say to myself everything that I'm afraid other people are going to say to me, you know, like, oh, her voice is terrible and her cadence is off and that's not right. Like, why did she say that? <laughs> you know, so I, I did that for months. And then I finally just was like, okay, I'm putting it out there. There's nothing anybody else can say at this point that I haven't said to myself. And so I, I released it, but um, that's why I did it. Um, and so it's, it's basically... It's, it's, I put it out to kind of show the reality of what it, it, what it is like to go through these things and get out of it. You know, I feel like on social media, it's so easy to see somebody's life and be like, oh, she owns Tamed Wild and she lives in an old inn, you know, and be like, that just must be the way it is. And it was not the way it was, you know, like 10 years ago, I had an eviction notice on my door and things were not what they seem now. So I think that's kind of the purpose of it. And that's, is to kind of, start by sharing a story that I feel like a lot of people can relate to and to let people know that there are ways out of that type of stress. Um, And so, yeah, the first two episodes are my story. First one's like 12 minutes and it's just introducing what the pod's going to be. Second one is 19 minutes and it's just my story. Um, But now I'm moving into more modalities that worked for me 
for manifesting and things that still work for me. So I, uh, my third episode is part one of a series I'm doing on astrology for manifesting. And so I'm breaking down what, how I used it and how I use it to help me stay on track with my plans. Um, so the first episode, the, the first one in that series is about the planets and the archetypes and the energies that they bring. And it's not to teach anybody astrology because I'm a hundred percent a student myself, but it's more to share like how I am able to manifest and stay on track and plan my goals around certain modalities. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a really long answer to your question. <laughs> I love your new moon scopes too. Yes. So that is, I'm having so, so much fun. fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> Kate referred me to Rebecca Gordon, the astrologer, and she um, teaches a horoscope writing class that I, that Kate took and referred me to. And so now I took it and it's so fun. It's a really great way to just stay connected to what's happening. Um, Yeah. So. Well, and I know you were scared a bit um, about starting the podcast or a little bit fearful. And so now like a few episodes in, how are you feeling? Like has a shift happened for you? Yeah, actually. And it's because of the feedback, you know, it's just people writing and saying, thank you for sharing this, you know, and again, the same thing, the same response that I received from the blog I'm receiving from the podcast. And so it made me just kind of exhale, you know, and go, okay. I'm And speaking to you too, also, you know, and you guys obviously have a successful podcast. And so you, and, but everybody starts with this fear of just like, what if, you know? And so you guys yeah. made me feel a lot better, but now I'm, now that I've recorded three and it's out there and I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not afraid anymore. You know, <laughs> that Chiron on the mid heaven. Mm-hmm so painful. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But I think it's a, I think it's a good, um, I think it's a good share. I just, like I said, I think, you know, so much we see stuff online and we're like, oh, their life is so great. And it's like, you don't know the backstory and the trials and tribulations. And we didn't, we weren't born this way, you know? Yeah. I think that that's such a great gift. And like when we are ourselves and when we share, we give people permission to share too. And I think that like, that's what makes the fear of it ease, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, the fear of showing up is so real. I know that's something we've talked about many times on this podcast before. And so I still do this today where it's like, if, if I don't want to do something, but I know I quote need to do it or should do it, I just call it shadow work. And then it makes me want to do it, Mm -hmm. um, more. So it feels like this podcast in many ways, Shelby is a form of shadow, shadow work for you as well. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and I feel like even just the two episodes and the third that I've, I've that I've recorded, actually two have been aired. I feel like I'm like having this like revelationary moment where I'm like coming into myself, you know, like I'm a Leo rising. And so I always say like, I'm a terrible Leo rising because I just don't want any to be on any sort of like center stage. It just really makes me uncomfortable. And so even this small way of being able to be behind a screen, I just feel like I'm embracing a part of me that's always been there, but I just haven't like I've been afraid to step into, you know, and now that I'm stepping into it, I just feel more aligned, aligned with myself, you know. Yeah, I'm excited for new episodes. I'm excited to see where it goes. Thank you. And you guys really, really helped me in, in getting the confidence to do that. So thank you. 
Thank you. Well, thanks for asking us to host a podcast <laughs> yeah. for Tamed Wild. Yeah, look at us now. Podcast all over the place. 115 episodes later. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. I, uh, do you know you're coming up on a million listens also? Are we allowed I to say that? that. Oh are we allowed to say that? Yeah. Should I yeah, not say we are. that? Okay. No. We- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Share it with your friends. Help us get to a million. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. It's so like, it's it just when I log in and I see the podcast and it's like, you know, you have all these, all these episodes and, and then it's like Moon and Carolina episode one. And I was like, Oh, it's so cute. I'm the baby. Like I'm, you know, and <laughs> well, it's like kind of like that quote, I don't know, Shelby, what that you shared with me. And it was like, um, like a hundred episodes from now or something, or like a hundred times of doing something, you'll look back and be like, I, I did all of those times, but it has to start with the first one, which mm-hmm. I think is just such a important reminder. Yeah. And also not knowing what it's going to evolve into. And that was kind of, that was what held me up a little bit too, was I was like, well, I don't, I'm not just going to have a podcast about my life. You know, it's going to, I'm going to relate things, but I'm not just going to tell my story for three years. So I was trying to find like the base point, like here, here's my perspective and here's why it's my perspective. And these are things you should know about me. If you're going to listen in later about why these things also work for me, you should know where I'm coming from. So that was kind of the basis of it, but being open to where's it going to grow and what's it going to what am I going to talk about next? Like, who knows? Frogs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. One more very important question before we go. Where can people find your beautiful book? Yes. So you can find the Wild Medicine book on tamedwild.com. Um, if you're looking for an easy link, there will be a link in the bio on the Tamed Wild Instagram, on my Instagram, on Shelby's Instagram, the moon in Carolina. Um, and, you know, always a plug for local bookshops. Um, if you have a bookshop and you want to carry it, reach out to Shelby or I about it. Um, and then to just, you know, request it at your local library. Like we would love I'm speaking for both of us. Um, I know we love a library, but yeah, plant the seeds of wild medicine wherever you can. Thank you so much, Shelby and listeners, for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy, a podcast from Tamed Wild. Again, we're Kristen Lizenby and Kate Ballou. You can find us online at Easton Alchemy and at K8Ballou. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast at tamedwild.com. You can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram at tamedwild or on the blog tamedwild.com. Join us back here in two weeks for a conversation about Samhain and the Thinning Veil. Just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it. So mote it be or something better. Until next time.